Hello and welcome to the Edinburgh Football Podcast. I'm Andrew and alongside me is Callum. Callum, how are you doing? Ah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad yourself. Yeah, doing very well, thank you. Tonight we've got a, a special guest. He's played for 50% of our featured Edinburgh sides. That's Edinburgh City, Spartans and Civil Service. It's also quite apt. It's episode 14 and it's actually the number of 90 minutes that this player's managed to, to actually complete in his 10-year uh, stint at that level of football. So, uh, welcome, Ross Guthrie. How are you doing? I'm not bad, boys. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're both well, thank you. So, Ross, what we'll start with uh, Hearts. You were obviously at the game uh, yesterday against Celtic in, in the semi-final. Uh, you've obviously got a hand in with, with Hearts, following them at semi-finals and finals over the years. But, question to you, how was, how was Murrayfield as an experience for, for a game of that stature? It was interesting. Um, the it was a bit, a bit of a delay trying to get into the ground with because Hearts fans went in from the sort of tram side, so yeah, everyone had to file down the almost down the western like the western approachway and then under the bridge, which took a bit of time. But um, there was also a couple of Celtic fan buses coming down that way as well, which I don't think um, was best best practice for that. Um, <laughs> Group of Celtic fans walking down the middle of the road with a police escort surrounded by Hearts fans. So, mm-hmm. um, um, but the game was, the, in terms of the actual the atmosphere inside the ground to start with was, it was pretty good. You know, everyone was the ground seemed full. Um, I've watched it back on TV and as well, and it does look like a sort of sellout if you like. So um, yeah, I'd say it was a pretty good day. Out. And you would uh, you would like to see other games here in the future? Do you think? I think so, yeah. Um, I think it's got a lot of a lot of potential. Um, the pit, the, I mean, I'm not. I quite like stadiums being close to the pitch and sort of thing. So if you look behind the goals, there's quite a big distance between the behind the goals and the in the front row, if you like. So that would be yeah. only. But then Hamden's even worse for it. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So obviously to the game, uh, Naismith goes off off after five minutes. Callum. Hey. We were both obviously watching the game. I was pretty surprised by the, the tactics that what Levine did. He brings a manco on, but puts him to the middle, Cal. I don't think the a manco has done a lot in a Hearts jersey so far since he's been signed, and that was proven yet again. He's he's not exactly been setting the heather alight, and you know, actually talking about him, he was one of the worst shouts that I got sent this weekend <laughs> from one of my mates, Adam. He was like. Someone shouted that, here, can we make another sub? No, don't bring anyone on. Just take a mic off because it's brutal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was, it was almost like there was no plan B, wasn't it? I mean, I'm going to, as, as soon as Naismith goes off, it was, for me watching that, it was almost, you could have probably blown the whistle and just and called it there. I, I just couldn't see your hearts were going to score when, when Naismith goes off, Ross. Yeah, I mean, he's been our, He's been our talisman this year, so I think a lot of the team are looking towards him. Um, as soon as he goes off, the substitution of a man, quite, I'm not sure about the guy. I've not seen enough of him, but I know he's been given a three-year deal, so uh, hopefully it comes good eventually. But uh, it was a it was a weird sub, to be honest. But I think it the losing Naismith that early just killed us. Yeah. Cal, we we spoke about Jim and the importance of playing him central. But again, he gets played out in the wing and he was just absolutely anonymous yesterday. I genuinely... Well, you said it in the pub. Is is he actually playing? And yeah. it was at that moment they actually appeared on the screen. But <laughs> I think I heard his name twice in commentary. It was... He was anonymous. Just yeah. him not there. And Hearts were basically just playing the men down almost. Going to the actual game itself, yeah, obviously... It went 1-0 through the, through the penalty spot. When I first seen it, I thought it was a stonewaller. Uh, having watched it back, every time I see a replay, I think it's probably not. Callum, your thoughts? Never a pen. Never a pen. Ross, at the game? At the game, thought thought it was a pen. Watching it back, I think it's soft, but the boy, is it Bosnich, I think it was. He, If you hang your leg out, you're giving the referee a decision to make and the referee was actually about two yards away so yeah it was a difficult one yeah I think it's probably decent uh, play from the from the, was it Christie was it aye uh, Christie probably Christy decent does well yeah Christie does the leg goes over it but uh, 
I, I didn't think it was, but Celtic were sort of turning the screw at that point, and it was only a matter of time. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I. And then it was sort of salt on the wounds, and Zlamo spills spills a quite a, an easy shot back. Sorry, spills, spills an easy shot, and he, he tries to call it back off the line. I think it goes over anyway. It's been it's been given to Christie, so it was over the line. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, it sort of summed up Hearts' afternoon at that point, didn't it? Yeah, a guy, a guy that's basically won them points this season last week against Aberdeen. What a save from Gary McKay-Steeman, and he actually pulled off some good saves in the game, but that's that's a zibby level of how. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then the third, take nothing away. It's an absolute, an absolute screamer. So, I suppose you got to hold your hands up for that one. But if I'm honest, I'm quite disappointed with Hearts. I think the Hearts players will have a lot of regrets from, from Saturday and I'm, I'm actually struggling for any positive to, from, to take from the game if I'm honest I, I can't think of any player that really can come out with, with pass marks Ross what do you think? It's, it's a real difficult one as well I was talking about it with my dad after the game and although Zlamo has made the error I actually probably thought he was our best player <laughs> second half which is saying something I just didn't I just didn't think it was it was a bit deflating the performance really um, I just I agree there wasn't really any positive to take from it I think we just need to forget about it and then don't think there's a better game coming up to to go to after it yeah probably links in nicely obviously it's the big game on, on Wednesday night the Ember of Derby uh, big response required Callum uh, Hearts will be down to the well down to probably the bare bones but no better way to, to silence the critics so to speak than, than a win on, on Wednesday night what a what a game to give them a chance to bounce back a couple of days after the semi-final, so they're not waiting a full week. They're not having to deliberate over all the like the whole game and go through that. They're literally straight back into training with another massive game. And well, Hearts at Tiny and Derby's it's it's a decent record that they have, let's be honest. <laughs> I think I think I've been to about twenty twenty games at Tiny with Hibs and I've seen Hibs win once. So <laughs> Uh, there's, there's no need for laughter there. <laughs> if, if I'm honest, like, for me, going to Tiny, the best part of the day was the walk from the Murrayfield to the grounds, like under Russell Road. That was That's a that, that, that was as good as the game that they got because as soon as you got in the ground, it didn't matter. Hearts could have played the under-12s because some of the Hibs teams have turned up there and just absolutely bottled it as soon as they got out. So, yeah. It's it's going to be interesting. It's a great game for Hearts to come back to. Although you look at the players, they're still missing. And Heron's Heron's been ruled out. Naismith's been ruled out. You've got Shooter, Berra, Uchi already missing. Apparently, there's a doubt over Big Dickamona at the back. So yeah, you're looking, but they've they've got players that can come in. You know, Cochrane will Cochrane will play Morrison. These, these guys have won derbies before. Yeah. So, What's your thoughts, Ross? Obviously, now it's kind of getting to the bare bones, but I suppose you, because of the record, you've probably got to still be relatively confident for Wednesday, no? You would think that, yeah. I mean, if yesterday hadn't happened, then I'd probably be a little bit more confident. But I think with the players out, like you guys mentioned, June playing in the centre, I think he could be moved back to the back to centre with Haring being ruled out, which I think could actually work in our favour. Morrison bringing him back in yeah, on the wing. Point. But um, it's the striker situation that worries me. Uh, I think the boy Sean Clare, who came off the bench yesterday, I mean, coming off the bench 3 0 down, 10, 15 minutes to go, you're not going to do much. But yeah. he's picked himself up in the press. And it's, I think it's maybe time just to go and say, show us what you've got. Yeah. <laughs> no, better, no better place to show yeah. uh, what you've got. I mean, yeah. Like, you look, you look back, Davy's bygone. Where you've got Hearts lining up with guys like Dale Carrick, and I remember he used to play up Morrissey Park, and I used to think he was brutal, but <laughs> then all of a sudden, well, he shut me up in the best possible way. But it's going to be open that. So Hearts have been down bare bones before. I remember Hibs going to Tiny once with absolute bare bones. Ross Chisholm played the game of his life in the middle of the park and won. So I think when it comes down to the squad, it's a derby. Form goes out the window. Nothing, nothing is certain here. Yeah, I mean, every week it seems that Hibs are getting players back, but with every passing game, it seems that more players are, are pulled up injured for Hearts. So, do you think 
think it's perhaps to both of you. I think it's perhaps the intensity that Hearts have had over the course of the start of the season here. You know, the top of the league, trying to open up a gap between them and the rest of the pack. Do you think the intensity of that start to the season is, is taking its toll, or are you just putting us down to bad luck? Um, well, I think the captain's armband is cursed, if I'm honest. I think they, <laughs> just, they need to just play without a captain. and Because the last three have gone out injured. It's, I don't think there's ever been a scenario like this. It's, mm. I was talking to a guy at work today, and I think if he was saying, like, if it was a, a few parts players that were injured that weren't key, you know, you could probably shrug that off, but it's one of the like spine of the team, but Hearts have got boys in there that know what Derby means. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, in terms of the intensity, I think because that the start they've had, no one really expected that, and they've been under pressure to produce results. And you know, maybe maybe that has had a toll. You know, training's got um, better because of the position they've been in. You know, guys are wanting to play ninety minutes every week, so. Maybe, maybe it has taken its toll. Perhaps. Yeah. What do you think, Ross? I think there's definitely something in that. The uh, playing at the top of the league, guys, as you say, guys are going to want to play every week. Competition for places, everything, everyone's going to up it because there's. I mean, the Hearts are in the spotlight right now because nobody expected them to be up there, doing what they've done so far. So I think everyone's probably just champing at the bit to play on a Saturday, which could be having an ill effect, obviously with the injuries. Yeah. And Hibs aside, it's actually a massive sort of three games coming up. Me and Callum were speaking beforehand. It's well, it's Hibs at home, Celtic away, Kelly at home. So three massive games on the horizon for Hearts. It's yeah, but the thing is, there's a lot of teams doing well this season. You know, Kelly have got one of the best managers in the league. No one expected Livy to be there. So you're looking at it, Hearts. It's three games that could almost define the season. Yeah, so early predictions then. Predictions, Callum? Thoughts? Draw? I, I know I know what my heart will say, but my, I, you never go into a derby confident because I did that once and I'll never do that again. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to be quiet. There's there's no absolute can what moment this week. Uh, it's we'll be, quiet. We'll be. Uh, what happens, happens. Ross? I'm going 1 0 hearts. One no hearts, yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if I'm honest. I think it might be. I think it's going to score draw. Probably sit on the fence, but I just think Hibs Hibs haven't turned up enough at Tyne Castle for for me to say yeah, I fancy them to to do it. And okay, I know there's players come in. It's going to be their first derby, but just historically, Hearts uh, Hibs haven't done it enough at Tyne Castle for me to to be confident to back them. And I think Levine, uh, he'll have his troops. Absolutely rallied. They'll be hurting from Sunday, so I think that could maybe spur spur hearts on. But yeah, I'll, I'll go for a for a score draw. Okay, we'll move on to speak Edinburgh City uh, for for their segment of the show. They went through to to Fourth Bank. I spoke to on the podcast last week that it hadn't been a happy a happy uh, ground for for Edinburgh City. Ross, you know that as well. We've been through there many a time yeah. with Edinburgh City, even going back to the still new days in the Lowland League. And uh, I don't think I'd ever won there. Edinburgh City in the maybe three, four seasons that I played there. Um, so it was going to be a big ask to go through there. Throw into that, Callum, the injuries that Edinburgh City uh, had. You know, Mark Laird pulled out from, from the previous week. Uh, they had to had to put Liam Henderson in, in midfield. They had to put Gareth Rodgers at half. So they had to mix it up personnel. But they make it nine wins from ten, Callum. And uh, it's an unbelievable run they're on still. They're just they're flying. Uh, what I would say is that result is title-winning performance, really. That is a result that they've drowned out there. They restricted Stirling to few chances and they've taken advantage of an absolute howler from the keeper. You know, it's 12 in a row in all competitions. It's it's absolutely frightening talking yeah. about Edinburgh City like this when, you know, last season, team before, like, there was just games where they just went in them. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at this, you know, 10 games in at this, this time last year, 10 games in, Ember City were on six points. This season, they're on 27. You know, a 21-point uh, turnaround. That's absolutely extraordinary, really. And Guff, as someone that spent, you know, was it eight, eight seasons at the club, I think, eight, eight nine seasons you were there, uh, Guff, uh, how do you feel looking in now? Is it probably almost a sense of pride or, that, that you, you know, you've helped them get to that 
that stage or you know what is it like now looking at the club and seeing them at the top of at the top of league two yeah i mean it's it's the change at the club is unreal from when we played there even after i left two or three seasons ago i turned up last week and i i didn't really recognize that many people that were sort of in their adversity ties and stuff um but even the players they brought in it's night and day um so it's just you with the players they brought in you probably expected them to do something but to the form they're in is just incredible. Um, they're just—it seems like they all know what they're doing on the pitch. The boy Henderson up front just seems to keep scoring goals, just keep plugging away. Obviously, Lairdy's Lairdy's different class to be honest. So him being injured is probably a bit of a miss. But I think the boy Henderson is usually a centre midfielder if I'm right. Anyway, so and Gareth Roger is more than apt to cover at centre half as well. So they've got a bit of depth there. Um, the young guys as well with Calm Hall and stuff like that, those boys can play as well. So they have, they've they assembled a great squad. Great squad. This weekend, it's, it's Clyde, uh, Callum. Big test. You know, I feel like last time they went through the Clyde, there was no good Willie. Fully expect good Willie to play this weekend. Uh, they'll have to keep him quiet. But Clyde in a wee bit of a, a dip in form. No wins in the last three. Uh, that included a defeat in the Scottish Cup to uh, Cowan Beef. I think they lost to Queen's Park and defeat defeat yeah, last yeah. week to defeat last week to Peterhead. So Clyde not in the best form, City on great form. But I think this will be a bit of a test on Saturday. It, it has the hallmarks to be a bit of a test, but it's you don't want to say Clyde are a sort of one man team. They do have a couple of other players that are decent, but if you keep good Willie Shackle, then you've got a chance. Great chance. And yeah. as Guff was saying there, boys that are in that team, you know, Henderson scoring goals for fun. If Lairdy's back, then he's massive. There's quality throughout the team. You know, Graham Taylor on the left, Alan Smith on the right. Those boys have got a great delivery. It's just, they're just, there's some unit, really. That's it. Like, they, they have, everyone knows their job, and they just get over that line now. I mean, last week against Civil, they didn't play well. They, I thought that was more down to, as I said last week, it was civil that stopped them from playing. This week, they've went away to a ground that's not been happy for them, and they get they get the points. And going into it again, another great chance. Yeah, you know, and I think they actually got thirty points in the whole of last season. If they win Saturday, they're on that they're on that total, and it's not even November. Oh, sorry, it will be just the first week in November. Sorry, first week in November, and they're on the same points as they were the whole last season. So. An incredible turnaround. Guff, you obviously spent eight, nine, eight, nine seasons at Edinburgh City. We'll have a bit of chat about that. Uh, you made your, you made your debut, and it was, uh, you know, it, it was a uh, some debut, a, a bit of an experience for you. Yeah, I, it was actually my debut. Well, it was my first start uh, for City down in Dalbiti. It was a midweek game. I think it was a Wednesday night, and uh, it was me, my good mate Peter Stenhouse and Danny Denham were the three guys up front for Edinburgh City that day and game's going on first half the ref was to be fair the ref was having a bit of a howler and then um, he called one of our boys Gene Ferreira over for a foul and I, I didn't really know the guy I was like 17 the ref's having a word with him books him and Gene Ferreira just dishes out one of the best haymakers I've ever seen to <laughs> the referee <laughs> so I was, I, and there's no I mean you have to be there but there was no real I didn't know how to react, to be honest. I was just knocked the referee. I think he knocked his tooth out, actually, to be fair. One of them. Um, so, game got abandoned. Gene, or Gene John, uh, I think he got taken to the station and we actually picked him up on the way back up the road <laughs> on the coach. So, that was my introduction in the city. So, if you consider where they are now, it's quite the transformation, I would say. Yeah. It must be something in the in the water down in Dalbiti because one of the funniest stories I've got of you Guff was a was an away trip. We went down to to Dalbiti to play. It was early on, actually, in the in the first lone league season. I think uh, Guff, if I'm right, and we we turned up. We made the trip all the way down. We turned up, and the game was called off before even kick off because of water was pitch. So we went into we went into a, a local uh, pub to watch a, a twelve o'clock game, whatever. And then we got the bus back up the road. But can you tell not only Callum but the rest of the sort of Ember Football podcast uh, fans alike? what you decided to, to do on that trip? So, we'd obviously were a bit disappointed at the game getting called off, so we went to, we were going to the pub, but 
I was just sort of trailing behind. I can't remember who was with me. I think it might have been Sheggs, Sean Harrison. And um, I seen a charity shop that was open. So I was like, I think I might go and purchase something for this for this little shop. So I dive into the shop and uh, there was obviously no one in it because it's a charity shop in Dalbiti on a Saturday and it's pouring down the rain. So it's empty. So I walk up the back and it was like this this pair of pyjamas were just like calling their name. Um, they were just, this, it was like Moses, the partner of the Red Sea, all the clothes were sort of split apart. This pair of pyjamas are just stand there. I don't even know what style they were, to be honest. There was some sort of maroon, hideous, they were, hideous they were, they were, they were a, a maroon and silver, like, pyjama suit. Aye. They were the material of, like, when your dad's doing the painting in the house. It's like one of those sort of materials, like, really sort of thick. But it was like a proper shirt. So, um, I just purchased it for four pounds off the women and just put it on over my tracksuit when just walked in and walked into the pub where all the boys were obviously the reaction was pretty pretty loose so i obviously had a few beers and i just kept it on for the duration of the day after that. <laughs> uh no god honestly one of the one of the funniest boys i certainly i've met in, in football in my time that's uh but that, that story practically sort of just sums it up, really. But Ross, yourself on Ember City, some highs and lows. I mean, obviously, uh, the low points, obviously, for yourself, the uh, the, the cruciate injury, uh, done, your, done your cruciate in yeah. 20, 2011, I think it was. I think, was that right? 2010, yeah. 2011? I think it was two, end of 2010. Yeah, yeah. end of 2010 in, in the Scottish Cup game. But obviously, some highs in there as well, Ross. Uh, some, some unbelievable goals, but... I mean, I'll just give you, we spoke to, to Subo about it about a month ago, but the high obviously has to be, has to be the, the, the promotion season there. So if you could just sort of sum up what, what that was like, you're obviously a key figure in that. You were there from the start, you know, really. You signed in, what, 2008, nine, under-19s, and you were there right through to, to promotion 2016. So if you, if you could sum up that, that sort of promotion uh, experience from your, for yourself. Yeah, I mean, you probably can't even describe it. And you try and like, you I mean, you try and tell guys about it now. It's just, it's just one of those things that nobody ever thought would be possible. Everyone thought it'd be Highland League teams with all that money that would, that would do it first. But with a group of boys we had, it wasn't even just the players. It was the whole club, like the guys that were helping. There's volunteers in the changing room every week since I'd been there. That you just got to know. And guys like Jim Lumsman, uh, Ja. Jim Lumsden, who was the chairman at the time, just guys like that, absolute heart of gold, would do anything for any of the boys in and around the club. Guys like Alec Milne as well, the, he was there every week, day in, day out, in the city tie on, just, just real stalwarts as well. So, as much as it was a brilliant experience as a player to be there for that long and actually feel basically part of the club, um, the achievement was just made that, that much better, to be honest. And uh, going to League Two. Uh, Ross, you actually scored on the on the opening day of the season, albeit it was a defeat. But you know, you go down in history as the the second player to ever score for Ember City in, in League Two. Some some achievement for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I think I've still got the video saved. Obviously, um, <laughs> look at it for the type of time. But the uh, Beats obviously got the first goal, which was which was just seemed like it was written for him to score the first goal with the, him being the big signing that we made. But I probably should have just chucked it after that, to be honest, because I don't think I, I didn't have another shot on goal the rest of the season. So <laughs> it was just one of those. It peaked too early, I think. Peaked yeah. too early. <laughs> but albeit, you know, certainly, certainly some some experience for you to to obviously go right from you know the lower end east of Scotland right up to to League Two, some journey, and uh, you know you're you're a key figure in that, and like you say, you overcame many lows, but you know certainly lots of highs in there. As well, but we'll move on to, to your current club now, Civil Service Strollers. Last week, myself and Callum were at the game, three-one uh, win against you know favourites East Colbride. Callum, after five minutes into the game, I think we turned to each other and said the shape that that Civil are showing here is quite incredible. Yeah, just so organised, exactly the same as they were last week. Decided to give East Colbride another chance because went to see them against Spartans, wasn't impressed, so. Give them another chance to see if you know the the hype was there, and realistically they were played off the park. So it's I've I've no time for them, but still so organised. Shape was brilliant. I thought 
with Froud and Muirhead dropping in with um, like whenever East Kilbride had the ball, it just it worked so well. But let's say, Guff, how much work do you do on the training grounds? You know, how much is Jardin putting in, telling you, is, and everything, or is it just sort of natural to know your position, etc.? Oh, I mean, it's he knows he knows what he wants, and he drills it into us. Um, training, training, training. You, some boys will probably argue training is repetitive, but we've only got two nights a week. We're no, we're no full time, so you need to you need to drum it into boys. And I think Saturday was was sort of fruits of the labour, if you like. That's starting to that's starting to pay off. Last week against City, I think we had the sort of shape and everything, but we didn't look we didn't look that threatening going forward. But I think Saturday was almost the complete performance. I think that's been something. We've been striving for for a good few weeks now. Um, I know Jardim was definitely pleased, but knowing the way he is, there'll be, still be wee things that he wants to he wants to work on this week at training, and he's always one for trying to get better. So the, the training, the training is Jardim training. I've known it for eight nine years, so and I know it works. So if you if you put it in at training, then you see the benefits on a Saturday. Yeah, no, I mean what you're saying there, like how, watch, watching his last week, I felt. With Cammy Muirhead coming back in, because obviously he's not allowed to play in the Scottish Cup pair of what Cowden Beef have said. So he came back in and it was almost, you know, what you were missing last week against City because I thought you were set up brilliantly last week, said it on the podcast. It was really well organised, great shape, but just maybe missing that little bit. And on, on Saturday there, it was just took full advantage of the fact that you were the better team. That's it. Took the chances when they came along. I thought all over the park, Kevin Moore, two weeks in a row. I thought he's been absolutely brilliant. Just so dominant. Boys in the middle of the park, yourself, Scott Clapper, and brilliant. I thought Froud and Muirhead, almost unplayable up top. Just so good. Link up so well together. Just, just all over the park. I thought you were brilliant if I'm honest for a guy that's not watched a lot of lonely football and you go on and like the big reputation that East Kilbride have but for me I have no idea why they've got that if they can turn up and put six past like the welfare who are sitting bottom of the league then right, fair enough but in big games they've not done it for me and played off the park on Saturday Yeah I mean I was really impressed with individuals on Saturday uh, but it was the team performance was was bang on from Civil. Thought the shape was absolutely bang on. I, I, I mean, Proud and Muirhead dropped off, stopped fullbacks getting the ball. Uh, you know the wing backs of of Civil picked up East Kilbride's wingers, and then obviously yourself, Clappy and Alou dealt with Brady and, and Holmes. That's got to be the blueprint, Callum, for to play against East Kilbride. Stop the wingers and fullbacks getting the ball. Nullify certain of the park. Press them high, and you've got a very good chance of beating them. Absolutely. I mean, if they want to fill their squad with absolute journeymen who are looking for a last payday, guys like Chris Humphrey that just not impressed at all, but they're, you know, press them high, they don't know what they're doing. The second goal, that's how that came about. Absolute miscommunication between the keeper and the centre half, and they were done. Yeah, we'll go to the goals. Uh, I actually thought East Kilbride started the game fairly well, uh, Gus. I thought you were kind of pe- pinned in for the sort of maybe first ten minutes or so, but then actually yeah. it was you, you were the difference. You know, you picked the ball up in the middle of the park. Uh, I think you might was a wee nutmeg. I think it was that. Uh, it was uh, right. A wee, a wee nutmeg in the middle of the park. Really well weighted pass outside to, to Churchill and great crossing and great finish from 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 Froudy. Uh, yeah, great goal. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, go with that. It's something we've kind of worked on with being that sort of tight unit. As soon as we win the ball, that's when we look to break quick. And uh, the ball for Churchill was magnificent. I mean, Froudy just had to run into it, basically, and it was a goal. So, um, it's exactly sort of the, the way we want to play. Second goal, uh, Waugh, I love it, oh, Waugh with a decent little sort of lofted through ball, so to speak, uh, like Callum said, uh, uh, miscommunication between the goalkeeper and the centre-half and, and your head's Muirhead showed decent composure to, to lift it over defender and, and goalkeeper in an empty net. You've got to be disappointed though with the the goal back for East Kilbride. It was a you know a, a bit quite sloppy goal to concede. I think Clappy was quite disappointed, Callum, wasn't he? Yeah, I think the the corner comes in, so it looks like it's a mishit clearance, 
and the boys got a simple header there, empty net. And, you know, I was looking at that point and all through the game you were saying to me, oh, if if they get one back, you know, the tails will go up, they'll, they'll go again, they'll go again. And, well, when it went 2-1, there was good few minutes to play, I think, what, 20, 20 odd minutes to go. And then you're thinking, oh, what's going to happen? Two minutes later, though, it's game over. Yeah, I mean, Gus, I have to admit, when it, when it, when they went to two one, I was thinking the worst. My, my mind went back maybe a couple of weeks to the the sort of East Stirling game when you're in a winning position and and you let that slip. So, you know, my mind was thinking, oh no, surely not again. But uh, an unbelievable slip through ball from yourself to to throw to, to cuts it across for his striking partner Muirhead, and it was some goal, some goal from you. Yeah, I mean that's again. I think it came up. Really good time, um, as you say, because it was almost—I don't know how long it was after they scored, but it sort of settled, settled us a wee bit. But I think that just shows the character that we've got. I think in—I mean, I don't want to disrespect Civil, but I think in years gone by, they would have probably lost that game. Um, you've seen, seen signs of it creeping in at East Stirling when we probably should have seen that game out, and we've lost four-three. But to then go and do it against East Kilbride is—I mean, it just shows shows where we're at as a club and as a team. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's funny you say that, speaking of the character, I mean, looking at the scenes at full time and Callum's seen, we've seen, seen several a couple of times this season. Yeah. Uh, it does really seem that there's a really good sort of team spirit in that in that civil squad, a, a real close-knit, close-knit dressing room. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's a real good dressing room. There's a good few young boys in there, uh, mixed with a couple of boys a wee bit older, like myself, Clappy, Lairdy, Hammy. Boys like that, but I mean, even even when you look at the bench, the subs coming on, they they've started probably most of the games for us this season. So it just shows you the sort of depth and depth and squad that we have. But the band in the change rooms, it's brilliant to be honest. Um, it's something I've I've missed since I left City. Um, Spartans Spartans was pretty good, but this one this one's just it's just different. It's just different. It's got a I, I can't really put my finger on it, but it does remind me of the old sort of City days with. Everyone's in it together. Worst trainers wearing um, a set of bowling shoes on a Saturday to the game with a tracksuit and stuff like that. It's just, there's just a, a good feel about it right now. No, it's uh, brilliant to hear. I mean, one of the stats that I looked at before the game is, you know, East Kilbride unbeaten going into it and they conceded three goals in the league before uh, Saturday and then Civil take three off them. And it, I mean, it's an outstanding result, really. And it was. I don't think I've celebrated a goal very much like, <laughs> in the mere second. Like, I mean, I was for a second because I was standing right behind the goals. I genuinely thought he was going to run to me. I was, I was getting a little bit too excited. But uh, <laughs> why? What was it about Civil Guff that made you sort of choose them after winning your third loan league? Because we'll we'll drop that in. We did it with Super Bowl, so we'll we'll give you that shout out as well. Um, I think it was just. I'd heard a bit, I mean, the season at Spartans was, it was good in a way, it was, I mean, I just wanted to go and give something else a try after City, and uh, I played, and I didn't exactly light it up, um, didn't really, I didn't really feature as much as I probably wanted to, so I thought, I'm going to get back to what I know, and Jordan, and Jordan obviously I knew he was at Civil, so I know, I know what Jordan's like, as I say, I've known him for, since I was about 17, um, and I know he, he knows how to get the best out of me. So it was just a case of, do you want to just... Because I think Spartans will probably be up there again. And I, I just wanted a friend. It was, I needed something. Because I almost gave it up, to be honest. I was going to I was gonna pack it in because I hadn't I hadn't played. And for the first season, for a long time, I was probably fit for the majority of it. Um, I picked up a niggle towards the end, which kind of ruled me out for most of the playoffs. Um, but that sort of thing. But it really, that season really was just... Uh, just got to me. I know we won the league and stuff like that. It was a brilliant achievement and the boys in that changing room absolutely deserved it massively. But the chance to sort of get with Jarden, uh, link up with Jarden again was, was too good to pass up, to be honest. I mean, I'm 28 now, so I've not had the best run with injuries either. So I just need to try and play as many games as I can. No, I mean, I can completely understand going back, working with Jarden from what I've seen because I've been a few... City games before, like used to go along and watch Slovy, but it's 
you know, always been such a great squad. You know, I know I know Chris McKee a little bit, and he always talks about how good the bond was and everything. So I can understand that, and what you're saying about having that back at Civil, I completely I can see where that would come from because he's that sort of. So we used to tell stories about what he'd do at training. Um, which I don't think are acceptable for the podcast. If I'm, <laughs> but um, I think I think I can definitely see he makes a, that sort of dressing room, and it gets gets everyone behind him. Uh, you know, it's just it's just a really really good team spirit that you've got at the moment. So it's it's good seeing you. Yeah, you know, and, and I'll just come in. I mean, I think people are maybe put off by. And Guff will probably back me up on this. I mean, people I think are put off by perhaps the style of play that, that Gary brings, but he works on next to no budget at Ember City. He works on next to no budget at Civil, but he gets results, you know. And and that's that's the name of the game. He will. There's no. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He doesn't mind how his team plays as long as they pick up a win at the end of it. Well, it's a results business. And what you're saying there, oh, it doesn't mind how the team play. That performance on Saturday was fantastic. That wasn't... Well, I mean, that, by that is... That wasn't like yeah. an Aberdeen against Rangers on Sunday night there, where they've been under the cosh for 90 minutes mm. and scored, and that's it. Like, So, I think the thing is, whenever, like, I remember, like, George Vanelli scoring an absolute wonder goal against Clatney Cudden, and it was, like, an absolute brutal game in the Scottish Cup years ago, watching it. So, I remember those sort of teams, but I also remember, like, thumping shots, like, 4-1, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, it was, like, absolute breakers in that game, but... Yeah, what I mean by that is, um, he doesn't... I know what I try and say without saying negative, but he'll do what is required to get a win. You know, if that, means, if that means sitting in and playing on the counter-attack, he'll do that. It means if he has to open up the pitch and, and keep the ball, you know, and, and play almost take attack a tight, then he'll do that if that's required. But he doesn't mind mixing it up. He'll do what is required to win the game. Would you go with that, Ross? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it, some of the stuff I've seen him do over the years is bonkers. I mean, I remember, I think we played Baroda with four guys man-marking sort of side of things. And, I mean... He'll, he does. He's not afraid to change it up a bit by putting centre halves up on the wing to win goal kicks, like the headers off the goal kicks, and try and build off of that. He he, he is meticulous to what he's thinking. There's always a method behind his behind his thoughts. He's seen it in his head, and you can't really argue what he's done. I was actually a bit surprised that um, some of the there was a couple of League Two vacancies going lately. I was surprised nobody took a maybe wanted to take a punt on him because, as you say, he's done it with no budget for years now so I don't think I mean so far he's transformed civil uh, or he's in the process of trying to transform civil at the moment and it seems to be going the right way so I think he's I think he's definitely got something yeah well this weekend it's uh, a tough game actually you know Edge of Sport I've spoke on the podcast for since the start of the season so we started doing it to be honest and I said that Edge of Sport will be a, a different a different ball game uh, this season oh, they, it'll they, still be football <laughs> they've signed they've signed they've changed the sort of philosophy Ross they've signed a few more players from or, or Scottish players that have played uh, for Clyde I think we, we played against a couple or have played against a couple Scott McLaughlin Matty Flynn were at Clyde a few seasons ago so they've changed it they got a decent result last week they drew with Spartans 1-1 going to be a tough game away from home on Saturday yeah um, really really tough game it's never it's never easy down there um, they try to I think they do try to play quite a bit of football, which is not unheard of in the league. But the the surface down there suits them, as you say. They've got a lot more Scottish boys in now, and you see last week. I mean, Spartans don't usually drop many points at home, so last week's result was was a bit of an eye opener, if you like. So it'll be it'll be a tough game, really tough game. Yeah, no, I mean, Edgy Sport were in the news. What was it? Yeah, a few months ago. Chairman wanting to take them all away, like in the city, you know, go go up the like Premier that. League by twenty twenty five or something. Like that. That. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't want to sort of elaborate <laughs> to that, but they they've got ambition, so maybe that's where the the players that they've signed have come in. They've got a point on Saturday at Spartans, which, according to their their num- uh, sorry, like 
themselves. It was a frustrating first half, but they were disappointed to come away with a point. So that's that's their take on the game. We'll go on to speak about Spartans, but it's going to be a tough game. They're, they're doing well in the league, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Seville go up there and get a good result. Yeah, I think if I'm, if I'm Seville, you really want to back up that brilliant performance and result last week. You know, it'd be disappointing to, to beat East Coast in the fashion that you did, Ross, and then to come away with anything other than, I would say, a point at minimum. No, would you probably say a point would be decent, four points in those two games, or is it time that you start putting an actual winning run together? I don't see any reason why we can't go down and win. Um, the belief in the changing room, we know what we're doing, and we know what we're doing when we go out on a Saturday. So, as you say, going and beating East Coast 3-1, just fall, you need to you need to just keep winning. Follow up the next game week. That's the best the best way to do it, isn't it? So I don't see why there won't be any belief that we can go down there and take three points. Okay, yeah, we will move on to Ember Uni. They faced off against third placed uh, Cumberland Colts, uh, and what a win, Callum! They've made it uh, five unbeaten now, and on, they're on some run. Yeah, big. There was there was a good few weeks in the podcast where all we really spoke about when Edinburgh Uni was them getting third off Stunning Uni and just not being able to put a run together. And they turned that around. Some great wins in there. I mean, beating Cumberland 1-0, Abdel Yusuf got the goal five minutes from time, which, you know, he's netted, he's hit a bit of form. You know, him and Aidan Kemp have scored a few goals recently. Six goals he's so, on now this season. So, I mean, they've got players playing well, and I mean, Cumberland all went down to 10 men, I think, with about 35 minutes to go, but you've got to take advantage of that, you know, just because they go down to 10 men doesn't mean that it's it's not to to get a result, but, you know, they've they've certainly turned it around and they look a wee bit formidable at the moment. It's always a tough game, uh, Embry and Ross, isn't it? They, they're, they're hard to break down. Uh, they, they, they never go away, you know, when you, when you score, they're still there. If you score again, even 2-0, they're still there. They they are a tough side to play against, and and Dorian does well every season with them. Yeah, I've, I've never sort of. I like going to play at Edinburgh because I think it's one of the best pitches in the league. But the team they the team they have is full of young boys that are absolutely buzzing, champing at the bit to play on a Saturday. Um, they've got a great team morale because obviously it's with you find that with uni teams. But they are they are a tough outfit to play against. Dorian's got them very well organised, and as you say. They've got a couple of players. I can't remember the centre midfielder's name. Big, tall boy that scored. Daniel's Yeoman. Um, um, Yeoman's Yeoman's Daniel or Daniel Yeoman's one of it. That's that's the one. He's he's a comfortable player in there. And the boy, Abdul Youssef, I think yeah, he actually we played them early on in the season, and he looked pretty dangerous himself. He was strong, looked a bit of a threat at times. So it's he's obviously had a bit of form. So yeah, it's, they are quite a solid team. And obviously, all you need to do, Ross, yourself, is uh, just get a couple of qualifications and you'll have a, 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 queen, a, a queen seat for lonely game for sides and you'll, you'll have four out, the, four out of four in terms of lonely sides, no? Well, that's it, I, that's, I never actually thought about that. I think it was Big Mac tweeted that, actually, the other night after you said I was going to be in the podcast. But it's, that's Max Banter, though, isn't it? So. <laughs> Free week for free week for um, this week. I think they must have had Selkirk on the on the fixture list. So a free week, they'll probably be disappointed, Callum. They probably want another game to try and keep this run going. Well, the thing is, they play in the Student League, so the thing is, I they might not be playing on Saturday, but they'll have fixtures, and then they they they're still keeping that ninety minutes going because they're playing Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. So it's could be a wee welcome break almost. Mm. Last, uh, but by no, by no means least, Spartans, when I go for myself, say, former former sides. Uh, obviously, we spoke earlier, they drew one all weekend with Edgy Sport. We said they were going to be in a tough run, Callum. That's a, that's a disappointing result. That is. Uh, they take the lead, they go 1-0 up. You were saying to me that they missed a couple of sitters. They apparently missed a sitter in the last minute after uh, sorry, Edgy Sport had equalised to, to steal the game. But it's if I'm honest, it's it's not championship form that they're showing. They've not won since what's it, early September. To to paraphrase John Green, you know, it's the two Chinese two teeth in your Chinese. You know, it's not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to, 
to put it into perspective, though, the massive game on Saturday. Huge game. They go to New Central Park to play Kelty. If they beat Kelty, they're only a point off Kelty. Yeah. Uh, would you go as far as saying this, this is make or break? Three points, it's back on. If they get beat, I, I th- I, it sounds really early to say, but I think they've left themselves too much to do if they get beat on Saturday. It's It, it certainly would be a massive ask if they get beat because I just... You know, when I watched them play so bright, I was, you know, I, they were organised and I felt they just, they were lacking something up front. But they didn't take their chances that day. That cost them. And it's the same again. So unless they're finding guys that can put the ball in the back of the net on a regular basis, it will be a disappointing season. Saturday's massive. You know, Kelty are on really good form. They've recently got in uh, Barry Ferguson. Duff, I know you were injured at the time, but Sybil have been up to Sybil have been up to, to Kelty uh, to play them. They kind of got a bit of a, a hiding that night, 4-0, Kelty won. Uh, where are you at the game? I didn't actually go through. It was, uh, I think it was a cold Tuesday night, that one. So I think I was working late. Right, convenient. Champions <laughs> uh, <laughs> League was on as well, was it? That's what's straight out of the Chris McKee school of uh, excuses there. Yeah. Chris McKee's taught me well, to be fair. <laughs> so, anything come out the back of that? I mean, has there been discussions at, at training and whatnot about Kelty and, and, and the strength that they possess? Or um, I don't. I think it was just. I, I don't know. It was just one of those games that they just turned up and turned us over. To be honest, I don't think we were we were at the races that night from what I've heard. But other than that, I don't think we dwell too much on it. Yeah, I mean, big. A big player for, for Kelty is I actually, actually played with him at East Fife as a boy Stuart Cargill on an unbelievable scoring run this far this season. He was a he was an incredible goal scorer in the juniors. So, so Spartans have to defend well on Saturday and keep him quiet. I think if they do that, then they've got a right good chance. But it's going to be a big ask to keep him quiet. And they have to start defending a little bit better. They've been a bit soft last couple of weeks, Cal. The last couple of goals that you can see, a couple of goals against East Kilbride, soft. Goal on Saturday very soft it's mm. try your best not to not to swear on the podcast but there's there's one word that I would like to say soft as but it's <laughs> it's just for, for a team that did so well last season with you know, clean sheets etc keeping the keeping the ball out to see some of the goals that they can see this season I mean no one follows the boys run as he as he runs around the back and has an absolute one-on-one from about six yards and he slots it yeah. past Carswell. It's, it's it's a tough run for them because after Kelty, BSC, then you've got East Stirling and you've got to throw Sybil into the mix because that game will get rearranged. So yeah. it's they need to turn it around. They need to turn it around soon. They've got, I mean, Kelty, Kelty have Stephen Husband, don't they? That's right, yeah. And yeah. I know the boy... Brian Ritchie, yeah, he's mates with my old flatmate from uni, so he's a good player as well. So. Yeah, I've always heard that he was a very good player, so it's it's tough. But it's one of them. We were speaking before the pa- the podcast came on, Callum. Spartans win Saturday. What a psychological boost that'll be for that's the massive. Yeah, that's massive. They go there, get three points. That is that's a statement. That is a statement win because Kelty sitting top of the league. Spartans not in great form. If they can go there, even even if it's just one 0 even if it's a scrappy offside penalty in the ninety eighth minute, if three <laughs> added on, it doesn't matter. If they come back with that with three points in the bag, doesn't matter. It's an absolute must, I would say. Yeah, the low league is exciting at the moment, Guff. You know, you've obviously played in it for a couple of years, one season out in between in League Two, but it's getting stronger every year. You know, and there's news during the week. Ross, that, that the juniors, the juniors are coming. The juniors are signing up. There's going to be potential that's filtering into the lone league down the line. It's a, it's a good place to play football right now, Ross. Absolutely, yeah, couldn't agree more. The three, the sort of three leagues they've created off the junior teams coming in. I'd hate to be in one of those leagues right now. Um, I think they're really sort of, really sort of competitive. So I'll be interested to see what happens with, with those, but. With the likes of the, the teams in the league at the moment, your East Kilbrides, your Kelties, BSC, Cumbernauld, Spartans, um, East, East Stirling as well, not really mentioned them, they're, it is a good place to be right now. And I think 
you can tell by how sort of tight it is in that league at the moment. Celtic are sitting at the top, but two two results the wrong way, and then somebody else is top of the league. So I think it shows shows how strong it is at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that, that that's more or less the, the football chat. Calm. I think you've got. I've got one more. The... I've got one more worst shout. Unless so, Ross, Ross, you may have a a, be, a best worst shout as well. I'll have a little think while while Callum uh, uh, gives us this one. So, uh, seeing as it was his birthday on Sunday, I'll give Byers his wee shout out. He heard this at the Aberdeen Hearts game when the referee delayed Hearts taking a free kick and he heard someone shout, just because you can't read your own writing, you're illiterate. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I cleaned that up as best I could because Byers has been giving me a couple of suggestions but every single one of them is basically just someone shouting and I, I can't I can't say the C word. My mum listens to this. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not something that I'd be able to get away with. Yeah. Gus, have you got any on top of your head or or past? I don't have any the the John Green one with the two teeth in your Chinese sticks out to be honest. That's that was in the dressing room mind you. There's been some some interesting shouts across the grounds. Um, East Stirling's usually quite a noisy ground to go to, but um, there's nothing jumping out at me at the moment. Yeah. Well, you can you can uh, you can put your thinking cap on or or listen out for the. I'm sure that the massive crowd on Saturday when you go down to Gala Bank, uh, <laughs> play in front of that uh, intimidating atmosphere down there. I think there's usually about six fans in, in that stand. So, you know, it's it's a it's a big place to go and play. So, you know, I wish you all the best uh, for Saturday. Uh, try to play in front of that. So. You know, early, early to bed on Friday night just to make sure you can you can overcome that because it you know it, it's a it's a that's if you can sleep with that intimidating atmosphere uh, you know that prospect of facing that yeah that's true that's true well, Ross that's thank it. you very much for thank you very much for, for joining us it, it was great to see you back on top form on, on Saturday I have to say my my heart was in my, my my head was in my hands when when you went down after sort of five minutes or five ten minutes on Saturday and Callum actually had to give me a wee hug and say it's going to be all right it's going to be all right so. Uh, no, it was great to see you back on, on top form and, and we wish you all the best for, for, for the rest of the season. Cheers, mate. Thanks a lot. I've been Andrew. I've been Callum. And that was Ember Football Podcast. <laughs>